message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. If anybody tried to get a, an appointment with Pastor Tom this week, uh, and he, was, he told you he was busy, that's what he was doing. So, there you go. How you guys doing? You guys doing good? Uh, we're going to keep it short today. We're going to keep it short. All right, I know you guys have plans. You have people coming over or you're going somewhere and uh, or you're not or you're not. Uh, my wife and I are hanging out by ourselves today, which will be nice, actually. I'm kind of excited about that. When I say by ourselves, we're with each other, with each other, right? Um, it's nice to have family time. And uh, today that's exactly what we're going to be talking about with our last uh, message in this series, Learning to Love. And today is part four, love and marriage. Now, I realize that not everybody here is married, but just out of curiosity, how many of you are? How many of you are married? Okay. How many of you guys are single? How many of you guys are somewhere in between? How many of you guys don't know? How many of you guys don't care? Okay, so, so I'm going to talk about marriage. And so if you are single today, um, this still applies. This still applies. Pretty much everything I'm talking about today uh, look, I'm not a relationship expert. I'm not pretending to be uh, Dr. Philip here. I'm not going to uh, try to tell you how to ma- have a perfect uh, marriage because I, I'm still learning. I, re- I really am. But what I'm teaching today is uh, biblical values. And so if you're not married, you're single, you can apply this to your life anyway. Um, if you aren't married, then that means you have more time and more freedom to focus on ministry, to focus on loving God with all your heart. And so when I talk about loving your wife, loving your uh, husband, um, loving your spouse, um, you can apply that to your love relationship with God, okay? So, um, which is huge, which is really huge. How many of you guys are married and you know that, hey, if you're married and you have kids, especially young kids, I am very busy with my family, and I don't have as much time as you single folks do. So, don't feel sorry for yourself if you're single. Realize that you have more time to give to God, right? Uh, so before we start in uh, doing that, uh, last service, my dad, uh, Pastor Ron Vietti, uh, met with uh, or talked with uh, Dr. Nalos and uh, Dr. Dickey, and um, they are two. Uh, they just happen to both be doctors. They're, it's, uh, they're, they're both medical doctors, but they are also the ones that head up our Africa ministry. A lot of you guys don't know about our Africa ministry, so if you want to learn more about that, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to the last service online. But I will give you the uh, the quick version. Um, we're going to show you a video here in a second, but uh, first, um, uh, we have two different countries that we're sponsoring, Ethiopia and Uganda, and many of you guys don't know much about that. The highlights of that uh, in Ethiopia, there's uh, a place called the Omo Valley uh, Tribal Areas. There's a severe drought. There's civil war, a lot, a lot going on there. Uh, when you talk about uh, you know, people not having much and you talk about poverty, it's another level in Africa. It's getting better because of uh, churches and missionaries and the people there are starting to learn and they're starting to put uh, work into place and, and things are happening, but there's still a lot that needs to be done. Uh, VBF, you guys don't know this, we have 45 schools in Ethiopia. That's a big deal, right? 45 schools. 
And uh, 13 of them are in this Omo Valley. Um, and the uh, VBF is about to open, uh, reopen 10 schools, which have been closed due to food shortages, food shortages and malnutrition. And uh, we also feed their cattle. So a lot of the, the giving that comes from this church goes toward that. And, um, and also uh, there are some other donors that, um, that are just that are involved in that. But uh, we send trucks with cooking oil. Uh, we, we help them uh, prepare meals. And uh, we're helping them not starve, but we're also helping the children there. In Uganda, we have an orphanage with 150 orphan, orphans. And um, we're taking care of them. And um, we're building or have built a very large educational facility with 500 kids, man. So uh, how cool is this? There's a five-acre farm that VBF actually, uh, that Dr. Nalos and VBF and Dr. Dickey and VBF uh, have kind of partnered to build. And so if you want to be a part of that, you can go out there and see uh, the, the, there's, a, there's a booth out here at the Hub. Um, you can get information there. And uh, they were asking if anybody wants to be involved, you can do a, uh, have a $5 a month donation. Uh, but go ahead and watch this video, and you can see that, and then we're going to get into our teaching, all right?
So at the end of last year, we told you guys that we were going to focus more on outreach, and that is one part of it. And so um, that's what that's what church is all about. You know, we should be a light. We should be a source for the rest of the world. And uh, Dr. Nailis is super cool. He started going over there on hunting trips, and um, he just fell in love with the people. And now he doesn't hunt anymore at all. He just goes over there, and he serves. And uh, really cool guy. If you ever get to know him, get to meet him, um, just, a, just a good a good example of what a Christian can be. So today, um, I'm going to pray here in a second, but we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about uh, partnerships. We're going to talk about um, the importance of teaming up with somebody else to, uh, to do ministry, to do the work, right? To uh, be the person that God has called you to be, but also be the team that God has called you to be in. And again, if you're not married, this is not not for you today. All this can be applied to you in your relationship with God or to your relationship with other people in the body. Uh, because uh, as much as I'd like to get into the whole romantic thing, originally I was thinking about Valentine's Day, and I was like, man, I'm not a romantic guy. If you want to learn that, you, you can YouTube it, all right? You can go find it yourself. Uh, it's not, that's not me. So uh, my, my, I mean, my wife are good, but I'm just not this romantic guy. It's funny because I used to get her flowers all the time, and, and not all the time, but occasionally. She's like, I, I like flowers, but, you know, I like practical things more. And so I got her something practical for tomorrow. I can't tell you what it is. She might be listening. So anyway, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for everything. We thank you that there are people, there are adults and children, mothers and sons and daughters and, and children of you, Lord, over in Africa that we are able to be a part of, Lord. I thank you for people like Dr. Nalos who... Him and his wife have teamed up and, and have shown us an example of what it's like to work together for you. And God, I thank you that there are so many people in this church that are leaders, that are people that we can all look up to. I thank you that there are older people, there are younger people, and there are all, all the in-betweens, Lord. I thank you that uh, for our singles, Lord, the, the people that, that don't have a spouse or looking for a spouse, I thank you for those who feel they are led to be single, Lord. I, and I thank you for the families, Lord, that VBF ministers to you, God. We are all family. And, Lord, we dedicate our lives 100% to you. And I pray, Lord, that today you'd show us what you want to show us. God, we love you. We, we praise you. And we thank you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so Learning to Love, we're in this series. This is the last of a four-part. If you missed uh, the first three, you can go back online and watch it. Week one was loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, uh, loving your neighbors, yourself, but focusing on loving God with everything you have. I believe that's the most important thing to do uh, because Jesus said it was. In Matthew 22, he says the most important commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Now, what does that look like? It looks like us trying harder, right? It looks like us paying attention to God. It looks like us saying, waking up in the morning and saying, good morning, God, first, before we stress out over whatever the day has for us, right? Um, week two was loving the family. And what I referred to as the family is the people that God has brought into your life, Right? That includes your spouse, it includes your kids, but it also includes the friends and the people, the relationships that you've made through the church. How many of you guys would um, understand when I say that God creates a family within a family, right? God creates uh, these relationships and brings these people into our lives for a reason. Sometimes it's only for a season, right? Sometimes it's only for a little while, but sometimes it's for a lifetime. And I know when I look around and I think about all my friends, 
they've all come through the church, and they've all come through, um, through what I believe is the gift of God. And so the third week, we talked about loving the church as a whole, being a part of something bigger, and being a part of God's story. And uh, when I say the church, I mean God's people. I don't necessarily mean VBF. VBF is a church that we come to, but I'm talking about the people of God, right? Uh, and we're all part of that, and that's cool. That's really cool to be part of something huge. You think about the Bible, and it started in Genesis and ends in Revelation. Well, we are part of that story, right? We are part of that ongoing story, and the church is, is uh, a huge part. We're the body of Christ, right? We are the hands and feet. We are the ones that go to Africa and bring Jesus to Africa. We're the ones that go to our neighborhoods and bring Jesus to our neighbors, right? And some of you guys are going to have Super Bowl parties today or get-togethers. You're going to go to somebody's house or you're going to have one yourself. Um, and you have an opportunity to show God's love to those people, whether you've known them your whole entire life or whether you just met them. Right? We always have an opportunity to show God's love to people. And, um, and what does that look like? It looks like selflessness. It looks like serving. It looks like high-fiving, smiling. Right? It means not being grumpy. Right? It means not uh, being angry and snapping at your kids in front of your neighbors. Right, Little things. I think sometimes we underestimate how much the little things actually do matter. We think, oh man, I need to go save the world. I need to go like Dr. Nalos to Africa. Maybe God will call you to do something like that. But maybe God's just going to call you today to smile more. Right? I think we underestimate those important things. Um, and then today uh, is week four, and we're going to talk about love and marriage. And so um, last year, I, I went through some major trials, some things that, um, that I've been struggling with for a long time. And, um, and I wasn't the best husband. And, and I had to go, one of the first things that I had to do was I had to look at my priorities, and I had to reexamine my own priorities. And what I learned was I was putting serving God at number one. And that should not have happened. Because what happens if we, if we put our work or serving God or our ministry or our calling at number one, then things get kind of out of whack. You start, you start spending more time worried about things that you shouldn't be worried about, right? Instead, I had to go back and I had to reprioritize. And this is what I did. I put my relationship with God at number one. Not what I do for God, but just being with God. Does that make sense? There's a difference. Um, we could, we could uh, when it comes to marriage or when it comes to friendships, you can serve somebody uh, as much as you want, but if you never talk to them, then they are going to think something's wrong, right? And so for me, I had to get back to uh, putting, number one in my life, my relationship with God. And yeah, I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm somebody who is supposed to have the basics down, but sometimes you get off course, and in getting off course, I just, I just got back on. I mean, that's what you do. You get back on course. And so relationship with God at number one. Number two is my number one ministry, which is my family. Right? That is the number two thing, is loving the people that are closest to me. Sometimes we forget. We forget to love those that are closest to us, right? We go out and we have this passion and this excitement to love the world and love everybody in it. But we forget to love the people that are closest to us. And those are the greatest gifts that God gives us. And then number three is your ministry or your work. Um, and when I say ministry or work, 
some of you, your work is your ministry, right? The, your day-to-day, that's your ministry. That's your, that's your mission field. Others of you, you have, you have a part of ministry at work, but your ministry is outside of your actual day-to-day work. Either way, it's something that we should focus on, but we have to have those other, things, other two things uh, set first. And I'm basing this off of what Jesus said in Matthew 22, okay? Basing it off of him saying that the first thing we ought to do is love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and then love our neighbor as ourself, right? So I'm going to read a couple verses to you guys, and this is kind of eye-opening and kind of cool. I've read this plenty of times before, but um, I'm just going to read it slowly. 1 John 4, 7 through 12 says this, Beloved... Okay, which is us. We are loved. Do you realize that God cherishes you? Do you realize he looks out for you? Do you realize he likes you? Do you realize he wants you to do well in life? Do we realize that? That he's actually on our side. He's not trying to take fun away from us. He actually wants to give us a rich and exciting and nourishing life, right? That's what God wants to do. So, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. That idea of knowing God is kind of key there. If you spend time with God and you have him at the first priority, right? You have him at number one, spending time with him. Then you're going to feel what he feels. You're going to start loving what he loves. You're going to start loving who he loves. And guess who he loves? The people around you, right? He loves them. He loves those that are far from you and those who are close to you, right? Verse 8 says, anyone who does not love, okay, Because uh, anyone who does not uh, love does not know God. That's pretty bold. If you don't have love in your life, then that means you're not spending time with God. That means you're not experiencing God. The word knowledge there is, uh, it has to do with experiencing God, with feeling him, with worshiping, loving, saying good morning, God, right? going out and about and getting in the car or in the shower. or I like to hike sometimes and talk to the Lord. And when we do that, we start to get to know him and we start loving because he loves us. It says, because God is love. Now that key right there, God is love. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. I'm going to read the rest first. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, right? To take our sins away. That's how we know that, that God loves us. He wants to be with us so bad that he allowed his son to take up everything that we dropped, right? To pick up all the things that we have dropped in life. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So I love how John, who, by the way, John talks about love a lot. And John is known to be the disciple who is the closest in relationship to Christ, like on earth, right? Kind of his best friend, the closest to him. And, um, and so he understood and he learned love directly from Jesus. He was the closest human to ever be to Jesus. We think of Peter being close. But Peter was kind of a wild man, right? Like Dr. Nalos is a wild man. Peter was like that. He was kind of all over the place. He's kind of jumping out and doing his thing and coming back. But John stayed close. He understood the importance of staying 
close to the source. And John ends up being the second um, greatest writer about God. And what, my favorite, honestly, my favorite because of what he talks about. But here in verse 8, he just gets to the point where he says, you know what? God is love. God is love. True love is God, and God is true love, right? And I've always thought about that, and I've always, I, I've done this before. I've compared this to um, what is known as the love chapter, something that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And so in that idea, think about it for a moment. Think God is love. God is love. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, we have a kind of a list of what love is. So if God is love and love is this, and that means God is these things as well, okay? So uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says love, or God, right, is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable, all right? How many of you guys, if you don't have your coffee in the morning, by 10, you're just, you're not fun to be around, right? Love's not irritable. It's not resentful. It's not, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So if God is love and love is these things, then God is patient with us. And we ought to be patient with others, especially your spouse. How many of us need more patience with our spouse, right? I love it. This is the part where the spouse nudges the other one and says, raise your hand, you know? God is kind. And we ought to be kind toward each other. It's kind of a gut check, isn't it? God rejoices with the truth. How many of us rejoice with the truth, with our spouses? God bears all things. Therefore, we can bear all things. Because he's with us, right? God believes through all things. He believes in us. God actually believes in us. And we ought to believe in one another. We ought to believe in our spouse. We ought to believe that God brought them into our life, right? Some of you got married before you got saved, or maybe you just weren't on the same page when you got married, but, you know, pregnancy, or, you know, you're really feeling it, Vegas, who knows, right? Like, well, you, sometimes we, we, we make decisions quickly, and we think, and then, and then we, our, the rest of our life we wonder, is this, is this the right person I'm supposed to be married to? Well, you're married to them, right? So love them. Try these things. Try patience. Try kindness. Try rejoicing in truth, right? You're either going to run them off if they don't love God, and that's that, or they're going to start to change, and they're going to start to see in you something that they want, right? Love hopes through all things. Love endures through all things. God gives us this hope. God gives us this endurance. So we ought to have this hope and this endurance for each other. How many of you hope what is best for your spouse, right? How many of us hope what is best for our family, for our kids? How many of us hope what is best for each other? Because if it's good for them, it's good for you. 
right? It's almost selfish in a way to hope what's best for our spouse, right? They say happy wife, happy life, right, guys? You know what I'm talking about, yeah? Well, the same is, is, is about, the same for, what is that noise? There's a, there's a we're being invaded. Um, it's the same for women, for your husbands, right? If your husband's grumpy or mean or just doesn't do anything, right? Come on, ladies. How many of your husbands are lazy bums? Huh? Raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> somebody raised their hand. That's funny. Um, <laughs> it's one of the, what's funny is my wife and I are totally different. And, um, and I've noticed this with my couple friends. And I have ADD, so I, I'm like all over the map. I am not super responsible. I do not think about taking the trash out. I always forget to put the trash out on the street on trash day. Um, that's me. But I've gotten better because I have a coach called my wife, and that's good, right? Yeah, it's good, right? It's good to have learned discipline from the one you're, you're, you just have to understand that it's good for you, right? But my wife uh, wakes up in the morning and she's like, let's get some things done today. And I wake up in the morning, I'm like, let's have some fun today, right? How many of you guys have the same thing, right? We have these differences, but what's beautiful is that if if I wasn't in my wife's life, she might not ever have fun. I don't know, right? <laughs> it's probably not true, but I like to think of it that way. I'm sure I, I, I offer some sort of adventure in her life. It's like, what's Josh going to do today? That's got to be fun, right? But I know that I know that I know that my wife has been good for me, very good for me. And I recognize that. Like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't. And it's funny because uh, last night, I was kind of stuck on this teaching, and I was like, man, I, don't, I was kind of complaining to my wife. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I was like, let's just watch The Notebook for a little while. So we watched The Notebook together. Good movie, you know, if you're married. If, if, so tomorrow's Valentine's Day. If you're married, here's my advice. Sit down, watch The Notebook together, you know, have dinner, relax. If you're single, watch Passion of the Christ, okay? It's perfect. It's a different kind of love story. <laughs> But we, I started watching it, and what I love about that, that movie is that it's a movie about falling in love, but it's also a movie about the endurance of love. And, like, at the beginning, it's two old people. One has Alzheimer's. I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it. Of course, you guys have all seen it, right? Uh, one has Alzheimer's, and the other one's trying to get her to remember what life was. And you see, you see this love at the end. And, and I, I remember my wife and I had these long talks, and she asked me at the beginning of our marriage, she said, do you think this is going to be easy? Or before we got married, I should say. She said, do you think it's going to be easy? I said, no, it's not going to be easy. It's a relationship. It's not easy. Of course it's not easy. If you think it's easy, then you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're, don't stop. If you think that marriage is going to be easy, don't go through with it, right, if you're not married. Because it's not easy. But it's worth it in the end because you become the person that God has called you to be if you were called to be married. If you're not, then you'll still become the person that God's called you to be just in a different way, right? So God knows what he's doing when he puts us together. It's funny, I was joking with my friends the other day. I said, in the beginning, God creates Adam, right? And he observes Adam for a little while, and he watches Adam. And I wonder what Adam was doing by himself, right? Running around, just no direction. Like, what was he doing? And I think, I think God looked down, and he said, it is not good for man to be alone, right? And so he gave, 
he gave man a partner, some accountability. Of course, she, she messes up right off the gate, but it worked out in the end, right? Works out in the end. <laughs> God's just got to be, what? I mean, he has to start all over. I mean, if you see, read the story. He has to, like, flood the entire earth and start all over. It's, it's, it's crazy. But it's messy, right? Sometimes you think, like, you look at people at church and you think, oh, man, that couple, they must have it all together. They're perfect, right? No, they're not. I've seen them all, and I've seen them up close. They're not perfect. All right? It's work. It's messy. And it's not always easy. So love is patient, kind, rejoices with truth, all these things. Love is not, right? It's not envious. It's not boastful. Right? It's not a competition. How many of us look at our spouse and look at our loved one and think, man, they have all the fun, or man, you know, they're, doing, uh, they're not doing as much work as I am. It's not a competition. It's a partnership, right? Love is not arrogant or rude. How many of us get into a bad habit of speaking to our spouses in a way that we would not like to be spoken to? Love is not insistent on its own way. How many of us pout? We get upset when we don't have our own way, right? When we want nachos and they want pizza, you know, or whatever it is. How many of us uh, realize that love does not rejoice when wrong is done, right? We rejoice when right is done. We rejoice when good things happen in our families, right? And love is not something that ever ends. It's eternal. I think that marriage is kind of like boot camp for heaven, right? It's like you're learning to love. You're learning to be somebody who is selfless, much more selfless. Look at uh, Philippians 2, verses 1 and on. It says, it says, so if there's any encouragement, this is Paul writing. I've read this plenty of times. But if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. He's speaking of unity. He's saying, be unified. Be unified. And I think the Scripture speaks more to marriages than it does anything else. Be unified. If anything, be on the same page. And this is how you do it. He shows you exactly how to do it in verse 3. This is how you do it. You want a better marriage? Look at Philippians 2.3. I'm going to tell you again. You want a better marriage? Follow Philippians 2.3. What verse did I just say? It says this. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others, count your wife, count your husband more significant than yourself. That's all you got to do is actually lift the other person up above yourself. See them as more important. See them as more significant. This is wild stuff, right? It's simple, but it's wild. Verse 4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then he goes on and talks about how Jesus set the ultimate example of that, right? Jesus actually laid down his life for us. And imagine what Jesus could have accomplished if he would have stayed alive, right? Imagine what he could have accomplished himself 
He could have been even greater than the greatest human being that ever lived, right? But he knew that he had to sacrifice his ministry and his purpose and his friends, right? And the people that he loved. And he was in anguish about this. I mean, it wasn't easy for him. We read in the, uh, uh, in the Gospels that Jesus cried and he bled out of his pores because of the stress of actually having to go through with the cross. Not just the physical pain, but the actual pain of leaving everyone behind. I mean, he was on a roll, I would say, right? He is only three years into his ministry. He had to be thinking, what good could I do if I stayed? But God said, no, this is the way. This is what you got to do. You've got to give everything over. You have to sacrifice the good that you can do. You have to sacrifice your success. You have to sacrifice your ambition. You have to sacrifice your friendships in order to do my will. And how many of us in marriage have to do the same thing on a much lower level? But we have to do the same thing. We're called to the same thing. We're called to lay our lives down. We're called to walk away from friendships. We're called to do all of these things and maybe, maybe leave some money on the table. Maybe leave some success because this relationship that God puts you in is more important in the long run. It's more important to your kids. See, we're doing something amazing as family members here. We're all family members with each other, right? It's funny, I always talk about how VBF is so wide that you can actually have a restraining order against somebody and still come to the same service. Still family, right? Still family. And as family members, we need to encourage each other to pass along this faith, to pass along the things that we've learned. Because... The love of Jesus is only one generation away from being extinct, right? Always. And each generation is called to pass it along. And yeah, maybe Jesus is going to come back in the next week. I have no idea. Maybe he's not. Maybe your kids are going to be uh, having to take up their cross. Maybe their kids are going to have to take up their cross. And we got to teach them that, right? And what better tool and what better uh, entity is there than a strong biblical marriage, Right? So I'm going to finish with three uh, quick slides. I've, I've, got to, I've got to hurry because I told you I'd be short, and I'm not being short. So real quick, three things that we ought to do. This is, these are just ideas. These are just thoughts, okay? You can do your own, but I prayed about these, and so I'm bringing them to you, okay? But the first one is in our relationships, we need to have focused attention. So suggestion, take time together weekly to make sure you're on the same page and working toward a shared goal. Ask your spouse, what do you want out of this? What can we do out of this? What are we doing? What are we building here? So the first thing is focused attention. And for people like me who have ADD, that's not easy. But if it's simple, I can do it, right? Number two is unique service. Practice out-of-bounds service, right? Doing something you wouldn't normally do for your spouse. You might surprise them, even today. There's going to be lots of opportunities to serve, right? 
The halftime show might be your thing, you know, and that's great. Watch the halftime show, but then during commercials, go and serve, you know, help them out. Maybe the, maybe the football game is something, is your thing. You're going to watch the game, you know, but during commercial breaks or during the halftime show, go serve, right? Afterwards, help clean up, whatever you got to do. Get off the couch, even though couches are nice, and today is the couch day, right? But the third thing is vision-focused prayer. Schedule in prayer with your spouse. This is something I have not been doing very well. I have I pray with my kids and we do pray, but like I haven't I don't I haven't scheduled it in like I should. And so I'm gonna be working on this. As I as I was writing this out, I'm thinking about myself just as I'm thinking of you guys. But schedule in prayer with your spouse and asking God if you're heading in the right direction. Again, it goes back to what are you building, right? And also pray for your spouse regularly. My, my wife knew I was struggling with this message, and uh, she probably knew why. <laughs> but, but she prayed for me yesterday, and she told me she prayed for me, and it made me feel good. And I'm like, I've got support, man. I've got help. And I've got somebody who's looking out for me. And uh, you guys don't see my wife very often. She kind of hides and stays in the, in the background. But, man, she's a huge support of mine. I wouldn't be here again if it wasn't for her. And so be thankful for who God has put you with. Be thankful for the relationship that you have. And tomorrow's Valentine's Day, right? Go out. Hey, look, look. some of you guys forgot, right? Some of you guys forgot that tomorrow's Valentine's Day because of the Super Bowl. Look, they don't have to know you forgot, okay? I'm speaking to the men here. They don't have to know you forgot. There's all kinds of people out here in the corner that are going to be selling flowers. Um, just take your wife uh, somewhere, take her home, and say, oh, I forgot something to go back and just get the flowers. You know, whatever you got to do. <laughs> Or whatever your wife wants. But, man, just take the time to love and serve them. That's probably going to be bigger and better than everything. And realize that, that your wife or your husband, your partner, the people that we're in relationship with, they are your number one advocates. And they are your number one teammates in this life. And they're the ones that are going to be there in the end, hopefully, right? And so water the soil that God has given you, Right? Take care of the fruit that God has given you, the gifts, and watch what happens. Sometimes it's just a little bit of attention, a little bit of effort goes a long, long way. And so I'm going to pray this, and I'm going to ask God to bless everyone's relationships. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would take our hearts, all of us individually, and I pray, Lord, that every single marriage in here, Lord, would be blessed. Every single marriage in this church would be blessed, and that we would know how to move forward. Lord, we would know how to fight the battles correctly. Lord, that we would stop fighting with each other and we'd start fighting for you and for each other. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are, Lord. And if anybody needs prayer, I pray that they put it on their heart. You put it on their hearts right now, God, to just come up and get prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And I pray that today would just be a blessed, awesome day. And I pray that you let the Rams win. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King.